0: Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Ladies Man, Dr. Rapist, Interstate Disappearance, and The One Minute Million. Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Robert, and this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast.
0: Wow, Robert, you sound really excited to be talking about Unsolved Mysteries right now.
1: I am. This is this was a solid episode. It was solid. So, so much to talk about.
0: Um, I wanted to start this episode, though, by uh, sharing with you some feedback a friend a friend of the podcast gave me. A uh, friend of the podcast slash okay. my own mother. <gasps> um, And she said that she adores you. And it's like having the son she never had. She just thinks you're the bee's knees. What? Yeah. I've been sitting on that one for a while. What do you think about that, huh? Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, gosh. That I... Wow, I that's really nice to hear.
0: I thought I, you might like it. Thank you.
1: Thank you yeah. th- thank you, Crystal's mom. Her or, name's Patricia. Uh, P- Patricia <laughs> or, or 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 mom. Or... <laughs> I she
0: I'm sure she would be okay if you called her mom too. But, um yeah, I was gonna like do a thing where I was would call her and she could tell you herself. Yeah. Um but when I brought that up to her, she got so uncomfortable. I think not only at the thought of being <laughs> recorded and put on our podcast, but at the thought of actually expressing, expressing you know, emotion to someone she doesn't know and has never met. So,
1: That kind of sounds like me. Uh, Are you yes. sure I'm not like a long-lost son?
0: <laughs> you might be. I don't know.
1: Um, Wait. <clears throat> sister? <laughs> Brother? Brother? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, if that were you, true th- if that were true there would be people with my family had some explaining to do.
1: <laughs> drop drop the um the, the unsolved mysteries <laughs> reunion music <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a it's like a meta lost loves
2: yes <laughs>
0: um well i mean i don't know if i mean i don't know if i've ever shared this with you but where where were you born were you born
1: nearby dayton yeah, uh, Carson City.
0: Okay, well, I was born in Reno. What? Yeah, my parents met and married in Lake Tahoe. So who can say? Wow. You might be like a Jackie Dragon situation.
1: Yeah, or um, any any of the other weird uh, family reunion <laughs> stories and and.
0: Yeah, I mean we the, were we were born. Within this, uh, you're a little, you're like a year or two older than me, yeah? I don't know how I, old you I are. I
1: think a year.
0: Okay. Let's not say how old we are. But, no, no. But, uh, yeah, we were born in a very similar proximity to each other at a similar yeah. times. So, I'm just saying, mother, you care to weigh in on anything <laughs> that you know and I don't.
1: <laughs> wow, that's... Uh... Gosh, wow! That that's really nice of your mom to have have, have said. I I'm just I feel re- I feel really nice today. Well,
0: that's um, Well, that's why I was saving it for live on the podcast. Uh, and that is truly nicer than probably anything she has said to me at this point. So <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> uh, Robbie, do you want to talk about unsolved mysteries?
1: I. Do you want to it? talk about unsolved mysteries? Okay, so
0: we're on. What are we on? Season three, episode three, three for three. Here,
1: yes. We start out with a good old-fashioned fraud segment. Mm-hmm. And this is similar to a couple of fraud segments we've had in the past. This is a romance swindle sort of segment. Mm-hmm.
0: We've yeah, we've had a con Juan. We've had a.
1: Uh, yeah, what? who who was that guy who was code calling women?
0: Was that um, sweetheart swindler? Sweetheart I think that S- might have Swind- been the sweetheart swindler. I don't know what we're calling this guy.
1: Edward uh, Maynard is one name he goes by, mm-hmm. but he can, when he's pretend he now he wasn't actually German, right?
0: I, I I'm led to believe he was not actually German.
1: He but he he pretended to be someone named Eric Kessler. Yes. And in the mid 1980s, Mr. Eric Kessler uh, swindled a hair, sal- hair salon owner who's going by the name of Catherine
2: mm-hmm.
1: out of what was it like he convinced her to take a 50- 50000 thousand dollar loan? Uh, to, yeah. Okay. To invest. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! Slow your roll. Here's here's what the loan. Wait, Were you going to yeah, talk was, about it? Were you oh, talking to- about it? Totally, okay. but, I but, thought but, we but you were going to gloss over this amazing oh, opportunity. How would I? How,
1: Crystal? I'm sorry. You, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not castigating you for for this. I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, how could anyone by this point not know that if there's one thing that's totally me with this show? It's pointing out all the an- antiquated technology and computer stuff that gets brought up. Yeah. The, this this she she is shown, and this is where I'm a little vague. I guess mm-hmm. this was this like an actual piece of technology that I, like
0: I think it was that it seems that he vaguely familiar.
1: And he was just telling her that they were going to be investing it in it. Um. Yeah, this um, because she's a hair salon owner. He kind of casually dropped that he ha- he had come across this. It's it's a computerized video makeover
2: mm-hmm.
1: where you can actually see a picture of yourself and what would happen if your hair was were different colors or styles.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he introduces this idea as this revolutionary technology from Europe, where he's yes. from. He's from Europe. From
1: Europe. Uh
0: <laughs> yeah, so th- so they so the idea was they drove to this other town. Also the weird th- they meet basically at like a singles mixer. Was it at a singles yeah. mixer? Yeah. Yeah, it was like at a singles mixer and all of a sudden he's like pitching her this business idea. And I'm like I mm, okay.
1: I didn't I didn't catch on to that. I thought like for some reason I must have missed it but that's interesting yeah I know that anytime I'm in in some sort of dating situation I'm I'm fully expecting to be presented with a business opportunity that's not suspicious at all no
0: I thought that was a little weird but the other thing is this woman's Catherine who's in the shadows because obviously this is embarrassing for her um she's she's saying it didn't seem like he was romantically interested I it didn't seem like a come on and I'm like, well in the context of it being a singles mixer, that's <laughs> suspicious.
1: Right, right. So, if anything that would make it far more suspicious. I right? feel
0: I feel like if I'm if I'm at a singles mixer, I'm at a singles club, I'm there to meet dudes, I'm gonna be raising an eyebrow if somebody's trying to like pitch me a business idea. Whereas like I'd be like, Oh, I fully expect to be hit on in this situation. This is what we're all here to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> the technology, the technology. So, the, so this guy's like, okay, we're going to go check out this thing where it's like a digital makeover and you can see yourself with different hairdos. Um, and then we're going to set this up. We're going to buy it. And for,
1: distribute it like.
0: In local shopping malls. Was the throughout idea. the.
1: Right. Did, did they specify throughout the Midwest?
0: I don't remember. I know they were going to do it at least initially in just one mall okay so um in and it of itself does not sound like a bad idea it sounds like kind of like a fun thing in the like early 90s you could go to at the mall like oh what would i look like with blonde hair what would i look like with short hair it seems like kind of like a fun thing um
1: yeah it but- kind of yeah certainly <sighs> in in the early 90s right. it kind of feels like that would be the sort of thing that you could convince hair salon owners or you know just people in general like this is this is the future. This is technology. Yeah. This is where we're going now. People, the kids are playing Nintendo. We got computers that fit on people's desk. You know, you're going to need this.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the price tag, once again, though, to invest in this fifty thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, that Catherine had to take as a loan from an acquaintance. Of
0: right. Course. Right. Um, You know, but in my mind, I'm watching this and I'm like, did this bitch just pay $50,000 for Photoshop?
1: (laughs) Uh, I guess, you know, based off what they were demonstrating, and I'm sure that I'm going to have to be taking screenshots and posting this on Twitter. If you don't, I will. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. this what what we what we are shown on screen if it is that program uh-huh. th- this is certainly the sort of thing that various software that was just automatically on this computer that i have uh-huh. is capable of doing
0: it's it's not great also <laughs> the like end result is like not it's you're, you're whack as hell
1: roll roll the cursor up click on a uh color yeah Click, click on that picture of the bu- bucket dumping, just dumping paint. Uh huh. And click.
0: I mean, I was impressed that when they're showing the demonstration of this technology, the technician that's using it is like using a stylus on like a touchpad.
1: Oh, yeah. That was, that's, that stuck out. That was sort yeah. of, yeah. I, I I wasn't aware that you, they had that.
0: I didn't, I wasn't aware of. of that either. So, like, I guess this is, this really is like cutting edge technology. Um, yes but again going back to their uh, what's his name Frank Eric Eric and quote unquote Er Catherine's first meeting you know that she happens to be a salon owner and that he happens to know about this opportunity and in the reenactment he's like oh funny we should meet then it's like (laughs) oh yeah this wasn't totally planned and she wasn't a total mark
1: (laughs) Uh, you you think, okay, researched her. Um, totally new. yeah, I guess I guess it makes sense. Well, the thing is is, I mean, i don't I don't think they really clearly established. Did he just know the person who had that technology? did it, or was he just like someone who walked into like that establishment at some point?
0: Well, I uh, maybe, be, because it seems like the whole ruse that he's doing is is getting Catherine to give over the cash of this $50,000 loan to pay that all he's... these quote-unquote vendors that don't take checks or whatever. <laughs> um, so basically, the, the whole con is like, under the guise of buying this technology, she's handing him over cash. That's yeah. what's going on. Um so again, she's like, "Oh, this doesn't seem romantic." But then at some point, he's like living in her apartment.
1: right. Uh, it made he It made sense for him, apparently, to move into her place so that he could be working uh, it would improve the efficiency of them working together on this business.
0: Right. And then one day she comes home and he's purchased like a king bed to replace her, whatever. So yeah, I guess that's where he's now showing interest.
1: And yes, it, it, that felt really strange to me. It was like, well, I, you know, he he, that space downstairs would be better if he just turned it into an office instead of using it as a bedroom. Yeah. So the solution is to turn it into an office and they can just sleep in the same bed.
0: And the reenactment is even weirder now because she's like, this is great. This is what I've <laughs> always wanted. Do you know how seriously, first, first of all, I like to think I wouldn't find myself in this situation, but I uh you know who knows do you know how rip shit pissed i would be if i came home from work and my bed was gone and old boy was like oh we're gonna sleep in this together and i'm like no this needs to be a conversation (laughs) we have before you start buying furniture sir (laughs) presumptuous ass Mm.
1: i wonder if this was a maybe a test to see if because look as as we soon find out, he mm-hmm. begins to like take over her life. Yeah,
0: he just gets really abusive and controlling. And she says, um, Catherine says, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I could buy a pair of earrings on my own. That's how much confidence I had lost. Like, I didn't feel like I could make the right decision. Again, I this is like classic abuser behavior. I'm not like trying to victim blame or whatever. I'm just wondering like, if things kind of, you know, the way that Unsolved Mysteries is portraying it, it, seems like things went zero to sixty pretty quick. That's probably not what happened though.
1: Right, so, maybe it was a little more subtle, gradually wearing right. yeah. her down. Yeah. yeah,
0: I don't remember what happens, but the relationship deteriorates. She's just like, we've gotten—I've lost this fifty thousand dollars. I have nothing to show for it. Where did it go? She threatens. Well, this, plus,
1: yeah. plus, she had to pour in twenty-seven thousand of, of her Right, own. and this is a yeah. single
0: woman trying to send her children to college. This is where she like got duped in the first place. Is because he's like, oh, I know how we can make some money for you to do that and you know now she's got the savings presumably for kids to go to college is gone and um she threatens to go to the cops uh eric's like go ahead but my name's not any on anything i haven't signed anything how you gonna prove i swindled you out of money you handed you handed all over it freely and in cash so
1: Guess guess he got her there
0: um so they break up he goes off with some other he's living with some other woman um when the time comes to repay the loan Catherine meets up with him at a bar and there's a really funny reenactment there where she walks him up to him at the bar and he's like playing chess with himself <laughs> and she's like she's like we need to talk and he's like but I'm playing a game <laughs> <laughs> okay how old are you <laughs>
1: The Germans love their games.
0: Uh, yeah, never inter- interrupted German at chess. That's what they Apparently. say, Apparently. Right?
1: No, no, uh, <laughs> I, I hear that expression all the time.
0: Uh, yeah. So Catherine's like, "We need to talk," and he finally leaves his little chess game aside, and he's like, "No, no, I got all, I got the money. It's coming tomorrow by quote special career
1: fifty thousand um, dollars."
0: Yeah, which is again, it's not the full amount of money that Catherine is out at this point. No.
1: Um.
0: You know, of course, he disappears into the night. She never sees her money again.
1: Yeah, just write your friend a check and give it to her tonight, and you'll have the money tomorrow.
0: Uh, right. So, she—I don't know what happens, but then, like,
1: like the next morning, she gets a phone call where, like, oh, it's the
0: bartender or something. Yeah, at the bar they were at, and he's like, "I just, I just got a bad check bounce from from Homeboy."
1: I. want want my money so do you know where he is and i think she she said that that was when she realized that it was all over
0: yeah she wasn't gonna see her money again i think at that point she realized well before that point she realized she'd been conned yeah but i don't think she realized that no he's really he's gone so he goes off and swindles various other women somehow the fbi is putting this together
1: yeah, you know there there was one one of the, they they depict him meeting various women real mm-hmm. quickly and you know uh, but there's this one situation where he's in the car with a woman mm-hmm. and when she refuses to give him the money he gets like really upset yeah and I don't know about you but did it feel like the focus they were using on the camera or the type of camera. It didn't feel like I was watching a, a clip from Unsolved Mysteries. It, it hmm. felt like it came from a different program. Like like the focus seemed different from the rest of the episode.
0: Well, it might have been just different film crew doing that particular. Yeah, okay. I didn't I didn't notice that, but we'll I'm am I'm, I'm watching the episode right now. We'll see if it comes up. Okay. Um so yeah, so he swindles various other women. Yeah, he gets real, like, angry and violent with this one woman presumably he'd only been on one or two dates with. She said, you know, I gave him $300 to make him shut up and then I never saw him again. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I guess, you know, the in the previous woman, he had taken 15000 from. It seems like he, he's going downwards in terms of how much he's able to get.
0: Yeah, but. probably probably realized that, like, the clock is ticking on his little scam. Um, yeah. So yeah, Robbie, how does this? How do the police work this one out?
1: Um, was uh was it unsolved mysteries related? Was right? it? I don't know.
0: I don't, I don't know. I don't
1: remember. Uh, but yeah, like he he the FBI picks him up, I think in Texas. Yeah, and he he gets picked up. He's in jail. He's released on bail, and of course immediately flees. Mm-hmm. A few years later, they capture him, and oh. I think.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It was not Unsolved Mysteries, but they don't present it as an update. They just cut right into the update without saying it's an update.
1: Right, right. He gets recaptured in Ohio, serves like seven and a half years in prison.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then, like, he served another... Uh, oh, no, he's sentenced to seven and a half, and then he mm-hmm. serves five,
2: mm-hmm.
1: gets released, and that's the story about... Mr. Eric Kessler, yeah, or I have to Edward
0: and May- I- Ed- Edward Maynard,
1: Edward Maynard, or Ed- any of the number of other aliases yeah. he's using. Um, I have to say, I actually find these swindler romance romance swindle stories kind of interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: this one, this one definitely held my attention mostly because I kept trying to figure out whether he was like actually German or just pretending to be German. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to, I'm going to interject some stuff right now. Uh, This is the third such segment that we have talked about Mm -hmm. that we've talked about. So presumably there's more coming. Later, yeah. In later seasons, maybe there were some in the episodes that we didn't review. I don't particularly care for them hammering home this point that all middle aged women are so desperate for a mate that they can be easily <laughs> swindled out of my. I, it really p- plays into the stereotype that, you know, there's all these lonely cat ladies with too much money on their hands that are just waiting to be tricked by some man and i think in airing these segments with the frequency that they do they probably give dudes ideas they wouldn't otherwise have
1: oh interesting
0: but it also like plays into a really terrible stereotype that i don't love because for every every time he tried this there was probably you know a bunch of women that are like dude get out of here with this nonsense like yeah you know what i mean true. they're not telling it they're not telling the side of like how many times did he fail before well, i he mean he succeeded. You
1: even even that one woman who gave him $300 it wasn't because she bought into his bullshit. No she was
0: terrified
1: she was, she was scared that he might like actually be a f- physically assault her and he yeah. just she just wanted the situation g- gone. Yeah uh yeah okay Crystal I um I appreciate your sentiments okay. about, about this. I just hope we don't
0: get, I hope we don't get any more of these I'm like I'm done with us
1: <laughs> they're they're kind of fascinating though i mean just like seeing what like some of these guys are able to get away with i I guess oh
0: it's kind of sexist hey everybody um the next segment involves some pretty uh gruesome sexual assault stuff so if that's not something you want to listen to um go ahead and fast forward to the 33 minute mark and we should be done talking about it um normally i wouldn't put this kind of warning in because a lot of the show has to deal with murder but um one of the things about murder is it's not something uh, you typically survive if you're a victim of it yeah just go ahead and skip ahead if it's not something you want to listen to okay thanks moving on uh
1: <laughs> all right let's let's go to a segment
0: Oh, man. Oh, I, Hello, saw, uh, I saw I uh, saw the uh, Amazon description for this episode. And there was a segment called Dr. Rapist. And I was immediately <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, no. What are we going to do here, guys?
1: It, it's <sighs> funny. I didn't realize until I was over at your place and watching episodes on Amazon. Yeah. I didn't. They they come up with some interesting, na- like, segment names.
0: Yeah, they do, and they're not necessarily even like I think they're provided by Filmrise too. Amazon, I don't think Amazon is. Oh, okay. Coming up with these on their own, but.
1: So some intern at Filmrise just thought like, Doctor Rapist. Yeah, Doctor Rapist. Was 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 an appropriate segment title.
0: Um. So basically, what happens is there's a young woman who is out to drinks with her friends at a bar um some older doctor guy rolls up to their table i guess yeah and um she gets up to go to the bathroom she leaves the table she's in there i don't know for a couple minutes whatever she comes back her friends are gone from the table and an old boy doctor is still sitting there, and she's like, "Okay, well, where have my friends gone?" And he's like, "I don't know. They had to go." And I, okay, of course, that seems suspicious. I'm wondering what he said to them to make them leave.
1: Well, okay, but maybe I, I had the feeling that she was there at the bar with one of her friends,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what they had like a what was it they had a mutual friend who introduced them to the doctor.
0: Yeah, it was something like that. Or so yeah. or they had just met him or something. She was getting ready to leave, and he's like, why don't I drive you home? And she's like, oh, I think I'd rather wait for my friends because, like, I don't know you. And he's like, and then they waited a couple of minutes, and he's like, well, how about I take you home? There was some reason to stop by his place before taking her home.
1: It was to get, get like, some information. He, he had uh, allegedly had the lead on some job job at a dentist's office oh, or okay. something yeah,
0: something like that um,
1: yeah, i i assume it was to get the business card or, or something
0: uh so and the, and the reason where i'm not saying this woman's name is because it's not given to us she's yeah. she's completely anonymous in the story which is fine you know while she's at the apartment she's saying know, yeah, i don't kind of feel like i'm coming down with a cold and he's like i'll give you i'm a doctor i'll give you this remedy it'll make you feel better um apparently that remedy is something that made her sleep for 26 hours <laughs> Uh she's t- so she arrives at the doctor's appointment or doctor's appointment oh god <laughs> <Jesus. gasps> arrives at the doctor's apartment at some point late saturday night and the next thing she knows she's waking up at seven thirty monday morning yeah and she knows something's happened to her body and she goes and confronts this dude who's like i gotta I, we gotta go i gotta go to work She's like, okay, where did my Sunday go? And also, you raped me. Like, in the reenactment, she's straight up, you raped me. Oh, yeah, she
1: like, me. in the reenactment, she just is like, straight out, blunt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. You raped me. So, uh, you know, there was obviously something in this remedy that made her uh, sleep for an insane amount of time. Uh, she, the doctor dro- drops her off at her apartment. She goes up to her apartment. He sticks around long enough to figure out what apartment she lives in. And basically before she gets out of the car, he says, you know, don't tell anyone about this or I'll make sure you don't wake up next time. It's basically the threat.
1: Right. Right. Uh, So what, what, and what's, what's, I mean, it's sort of doubly creepy because like, not only is he like threatening to kill her, but he's like, you know, next time, like he's planning on raping her again.
0: Well, I think if she, talks to anyone about it i think that's yeah. the implied threat yeah um so she gets home she's not fe- she's feeling like not great she's really upset she knows she's been assaulted um mm. she takes a shower and she goes over to her aunt's place when she gets to her aunt's place she's just violently ill all over the place like she has the flu ends up sleeping like another 24 hours at her aunt's apartment. Um, I'm I'm wondering at this point, like, why her aunt was, wasn't, like, taking her to another doctor, saying, like, there's some, you know, either you have the flu or there's something else really wrong with you, because that's, that's really nuts. This woman, this this young woman, I don't know, about a week later, she's out in the reenactment. They show her at a bar. Maybe that's not where she was
1: mm-hmm. a week
0: after this incident, but I uh, guess who shows up?
1: I like how he just comes by and starts casually talking with her as if nothing happened mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's some real arrogance
0: that's some real sociopath shit is what it is yeah and <clears throat> she still doesn't really know what happened so she decides to play nice to try and drag some information out of him basically get get it out of him that mm-hmm. he had drugged her and then raped her and um it's so this is so creepy and i'm so uncomfortable talking about it but in the reenactment he's just like hey baby we had a good time everything was good it was just like i was doing a little experiment with some things and like it's all good you had a great time and and then and then uh she's just like nah son you raped me so she's screaming you raped me in a crowded bar at this guy at this point in the reenactment um and then her friend comes back from the bathroom i anyway so, she decides to file a police report. She waits, you know, some <coughs> amount of time be- before doing this. And she files a police report. And And in shadow, she says, well, I'm not going to press charges unless he does it to someone else. And I think this is like a really powerful statement that she's making. Because she knows it's her word against his. He's a doctor. She's, you know, a 20-something college student. She already knows, like, you know, the cards are stacked against her. Who's going to believe her? Why did she wait this amount of time? Here comes the boatload of stupid questions people ask rape victims. So she already knew what the deal was. So she says, if it happens again, I'll press charges. Well, what happens? It happens again. Uh, This time to another woman who's a bit older. She's a professional in her 30s. She knew this doctor um, through work. Uh, He pulls the same... Same shit exactly with her. Makes her a little cup of whatever, and um, she's knocked out for some period of time. He assaults her. I um, but found this, yes,
1: uh, and like they mentioned that like the the, the test that later later done revealed that like she was given like eight times the amount, yeah. amount they would normally give someone. Yeah. To,
0: well, this this woman reacts a little bit differently to being assaulted. Um, she immediately goes to the hospital yeah. or to the police immediately and she knows something's happened to her they run her blood test yeah it's eight eight times what they would have given a sedative that they would have given someone in surgery
2: damn.
0: so this this could have very well been a murder case yeah yeah because it sounds I... like this guy was being pretty damn reckless
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> um so uh they go pick him up um he is released on his own reconnaissance so he doesn't have any bail or anything like that uh there is a jury trial he shows up to all his court dates because he's a, he's a good little sociopath um he shows up to all his court dates i was on the edge of my seat though because they have the dna now that they're talking to talking about um the jury coming back with the verdict and i was just sitting there and i'm like yep bet it's gonna be not guilty bet it's gonna be not guilty but it was guilty
2: mm-hmm
0: and so the prosecutor recommended that uh this doctor be put in jail until it was time for sentencing uh, but the judge didn't have any bail set for him and released him on his own reconnaissance so when the court hearing date came for sentencing him this doctor of course he didn't show up I really have to Amazing. Question, yeah I really have to question the judge's judgment here this man has just been found guilty by a jury of like sexual assault but he's still a white doctor so we're just gonna assume he'll go on his word and show up when it's time to report for jail yeah like are you kidding me so this is why we have an unsolved mystery because we're trying to find this guy and put his ass in jail it the update that we get Robbie.
1: They they do find him. He was uh, he had relocated to Tel Aviv, Israel.
0: Yeah, and he was practicing medicine. He had a family there. It took it took seventeen years from the time that he was found guilty to put him in jail.
2: Damn.
0: So and then I think he served twelve, and he's since been released. Yeah. Yeah, seventeen years. I hated everything about the segment. It was upsetting it was uh, made me want to uh, scream and throw things. This is why I'm talking about it and not Robbie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
0: yeah. I just thought I'd give Robbie a free pass probably to just not talk about this very uncomfortable situation.
1: Yeah. Gosh, this was, I mean, we've had some segments were involving murders and stuff that mm-hmm. I've, I've felt pretty grim. But this was just really uncomfortable to watch, and I really couldn't find anything that that was amusing in the reenactment. Surprise, surprise! Because, it,
0: it was terrifying. Yeah, it was creepy and it was terrifying and um, a little uh, all too real. I'm sure for so many people who were watching this episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I don't really have, I just like to move on from it. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> if we can just blow past this, that would be great.
1: Okay. okay, well, we're, we're going to go to a uh, not any more really upbeat story, but um, one that doesn't, as far as we know, involve sexual violence. Crystal, you want to talk to us about Dan Wilson? Dan
0: Wilson. Of Dan Spokane,
1: Washington?
0: Dan from Spokane. <laughs> so basically what happens here is uh, Dan this is a mercy immersing, immersing persons. Immersion persons
2: immersion persons it's a
0: mercy in person segment it's a missing person segment dan from spokane he disappears dan is uh he's divorced he's got two children um he was uh had custody had partial custody of um generally for everybody says pretty reliable good dude um he he disappears one weekend uh first his neighbors notice that his sprinklers have been on too long so they go shut him off uh his ex-wife doesn't know that he's gone because he wasn't scheduled to have the kids that weekend um his mother calls his house at some point that weekend but he doesn't answer which again not too unusual you know nothing's really raising a red flag here but when he doesn't show up to work on monday um you know they start to think something might be really wrong uh then we kind of we start working back in time from that weekend and there's a reenactment with dan and presumably his boss for dan's just really getting mad about something in a way that's uncharacteristic for him uh same thing like he had a cousin who came to visit him at home and his home was just an absolute mess like a tornado had gone through it again that's they said that's pretty unusual for dan they you know so his family starts to suspect something was going on before he disappeared mm-hmm. uh they find his little car 700 miles away on some highway in montana yes uh and and no sign of dan and apparently he had left his house without like packing a bag or taking where he... he like left his paycheck behind too or something
1: oh they it, it wouldn't be surprising because that was the sort of situation. It, it was literally as if he just decided, "I'm gonna dry, drive drive uh, uh, yeah. to wherever," and just got in his car and left.
0: Yeah. So he they they,
1: they didn't find any luggage or anything no, in nothing, this car.
0: Nothing. Yeah. And um, you know, the sheriff of wherever. Uh, they find they spot so they spot the car. They contact the family. The family goes out, picks up the car, starts driving it back to Spokane. Well, why they're driving it back to Spokane? his, uh, his I think it was his mom and his sister had gone to uh, get cousin, it.
1: His mom and cousin?
0: <clears throat> sure, whatever. Yeah,
1: whatever.
0: They notice while they're in the car, like, they're getting a headache and kind of a sore throat while they're in this car. So they take it to a mechanic when they get back to Spokane. and The mechanic's like, you've got a leaky muffler. It's leaking carbon dioxide into the cabin of the car. This is not a safe car to drive. And um, two unsolved mysteries, because I'm thinking at this point, oh, we've already had a segment where a young woman was in Montana, they mm-hmm. found her car, and she she various people think they spotted her around. Like we've had right. this segment, and sort of the conclusion that we came to with that was like she probably had like like a stroke or yes. something. and so I'm thinking, oh, Dan had a stroke. He that's why. He's, I mean, these are classic signs of a stroke, right? Like his house got really messy, his mood changed. Mm-hmm. Um but what Unsolved Mysteries is kind of saying is that it was like low level carbon monoxide poisoning over a long period of time. Yeah. And they have someone on talking about like what the symptoms of that are. Like I also know that like carbon monoxide poisoning can make you like hallucinate too. Really? Yeah, like have audio hallucinations and stuff if you're exposed oh, to enough of it. It can really it messes with you before it you know, if you're exposed to enough of it, it can kill you. Um, so he's He's presumably just inhaling carbon monoxide every time he gets in his car and he's driving around for over okay. a year. So yeah. we're, we're eliminating the stroke thing.
1: Right. Well, I, one possibility they'd raised really early on was that maybe he had picked up a hitchhiker.
0: Yeah. And they thought uh, it was foul play or something because Dan yeah, did like to do that.
1: And it was a typical hitchhiker. It, it was the sort of like, it was a hitchhiker with like, what, a red jacket tied around his waist? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, totally the sort of guy you'd, you'd picture uh, uh, offing you off after you gave him a ride. Right. But yeah, no, the, they they hit on this carbon monoxide um, uh, possibility um, that like, you know, changed his personality. Maybe it caused memory loss. So he, he might remember his name, but not much else. Mm hmm. Mm hmm um
0: so because the car was ditched somewhere near billings montana um his mom heads up there and starts putting up wanted flyers saying if anybody's seen this man you know, with a picture of dan in the area i don't know what the police are doing right now yeah well, in this story. The,
1: well the the guy who i don't know i i don't recall if he was the sheriff or what but um he describes how the out, they found the car and they did a search of, of the immediate area mm-hmm. and he was very confident that if uh dan had been around there they would have found him mm-hmm. which just hang on to that thought
0: yeah so uh so mom goes out to billings and is putting up all these posters well oh, sometime after that she gets a letter from the manager of the local homeless shelter mm-hmm. saying um We we think your son may have stayed here um, and sends a photocopy of like the sign in register with where he signed his name to check in for the night. Um, And then the mom and they show this the mom showing like Dan's signature on something else compared with this the homeless shelters record. It
1: it was close enough that she uh, the two Dan Wilson signatures that it, it seemed to give the idea merit that he may have stayed there. Yeah.
0: He might just be confused and on the streets but he knew mm-hmm. enough to go. So it's kind of giving his family some hope that he st- still might be out there.
1: yep um, And they, they, they actually, they go out to the shelter, yeah. show, show them some more photos of him. And they're the, the staff there are confident that he's yep. safe. Yep.
0: So, but that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, oh God. Um. We, we get an update. And, man, this this update, in some ways, it raises more questions than it answers.
0: Yeah, it was a real gut punch, though, I'll tell you that. I, oh, shit. I was, like, literally yelling. I was like, what? So it's just one of these little white text updates that Dan's remains were found five miles from where his car was found. And then it's presumed he died of exposure.
1: Exposure.
0: So he didn't make it back to Billings, for sure.
1: no. No. He did like he did not make it back to Billings. It wasn't him who stayed at that homeless no, shelter.
0: No, it wasn't uh, his very sim- It was a very similar signature on right. the homeless shelter's register. That wasn't him.
1: And we have now question. We have reason to question the law enforcement official who was confident that if he had been around, they would have found him.
0: Yeah, I mean. Five miles from that point in the middle of nowhere is a pretty big radius right
1: yeah yeah that's fair but,
0: but yeah it kind of feels like they weren't looking very hard, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> and so his family has all this like false hope that he's still alive they don't say when they found Dan's remains though it could have been like years later yeah you know because this is this is like middle of nowhere Montana Mm-hmm. but yeah it it really i don't know it had a lot of similarities to the case with the girl who was in the car wreck that wandered off
1: wandered off yeah, yeah so well and this raise i mean what i'm trying to figure out is like what was he doing wandering away from the car um because it wasn't like the car broke down or anything right
0: no but if he's being if he's driven yeah. now seven hundred miles, he's so he's being slowly driven to madness but, or something but, what, from carbon yeah, monoxide but, poisoning. But
1: was the carbon monoxide poisoning simply it it, it affected him enough that he like, had to like he caused...
0: pull, yeah he probably was feeling sick and had to pull over and get out of the car. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. I mean, I like I like that unsolved mysteries like went with a very parsimonious scientific explanation. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, even yeah. though they
0: did introduce the hitchhiker thing, but it really seems likely that his car was just poisoning him. Yeah. Um. I wonder, would a smog check have fixed this? Is this something <laughs> that would come up? I don't know.
1: This is a reminder to all of our listeners. Get your car listeners. smogged. I don't think I've ever had my car smogged. Really? No.
0: I I feel like in Nevada you had to do it like every three years.
1: Uh, yeah, but I, th- I think what it is is I live in Lyon County. I, yeah. I, if if you live in Reno, you you do have to do smog, but mm-hmm. I think in the rural counties, you don't.
0: Yeah, in California, it's like, I think my car is aged out of getting smogged at this point. Okay. But I've had to do it like every year for every time I've registered my car. Oh, okay. So that's a pretty standard thing, um, I guess. I, but yeah, I don't know. Would like a smog check pick this up? Wow. I don't know. Why are we whispering? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, Robbie, did you like did you like this episode?
1: Well, I mean it was it was a sad story, but it was it was interesting because we got some I mean, you know, trying to figure out what's going on here. There there's enough mm-hmm. odd things about his his disappearance mm-hmm. that you know, it's not like this was clearly it wasn't just him getting carjacked or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a strange confluence of events i bet you know i bet dan was probably pretty confused and frightened at the end of it so
1: that's a cheery thought yeah
0: this whole episode was just kind of like oh god (laughs) (laughs) oh god it's so terrible all of it it's just so bad this whole episode there's there's not not a lot of jokes to be made in the reenactments
1: no not really we 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 got a little bit of humor right at the beginning but yeah actually yeah i guess i mean these are strong segments this isn't just some bullshit stuff but but it is it doesn't
0: uh, give us give us room to riff and be funny
1: yeah so i don't like this episode
0: um. Hey, sorry to bum everyone out. We probably should wrap wrap it up. Yeah.
1: But we got we got one more segment. Do we? We got we got the the oh the shit! Armored I'm trying car. to end, I'm trying
0: to end the show and and I'm missing out on all the action.
1: Oh man, Robbie, so, I'm
0: sorry. Why don't you tell us how this episode actually ends?
1: Okay, so we our last segment involves a team of armored car robbers Mm-hmm. and. This is actually a pretty exciting segment. These guys, they are working like a professional clockwork team. They drive up to armored. Uh, we get one depiction where they drive up to an armored car, hold the guy up at. at um, well, they, they attempt to hold up the the guard who's putting money in. He fights back, but they knock him to the ground. They they begin clearing out the car. One of their, there's three of them doing this in the back. Meanwhile. Their, their fourth partner drives up to the front and places what looks like a bomb onto the front of the armored car to keep the driver from doing anything crazy. Uh, and they get away with a million dollars. They and they move like clockwork. These mm-hmm. these guys are no fumbles.
0: No, they are not <laughs> fumbling. They they set up what like a they make it look like they have a bomb that they're putting on the hood of the Brink truck yeah. here.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it, it replicates the design of uh, a bomb, but it, it, the FBI, the authorities, determined that it's it's fake. Um, apparently, they'd used a similar device uh, in a robbery in Maryland, and between the million dollars that they got from this robbery and like the six hundred thousand that they'd gotten from a Previous robbery, the FBI thought like, okay, these guys are done. I mean, they're not gonna, they've got so enough money now. But nope, the gang uh, hits again. Uh, this time it's, it's like a Brinks armored car. Um, mm-hmm. They get they get the one guard down on the ground, but the guy, the guard, and the the driver uh, actually manages to to get moving before they can. Subdue him, and he decides that. And you know they're shooting and stuff, and it, it, it's it's crazy. But the guy like does a turn in the parking lot and decides that he's just gonna like ram them. uh And it it kind of you know it sounds exciting, and I was really looking forward to. It's it like man, he's gonna like how are these robbers gonna like make it out of this? Because like if he's if he's gonna ram them with an armored car. You know they were driving just a dinky little you know thing, you know. yeah
0: yeah well so, I mean here's what we learned don't don't mess with the brinksman,
1: yes, yeah, oh yeah yeah this 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 guy you know this guy was was not just gonna row over he yeah. he was he was taking his duties, protecting that money seriously, yeah, unfortunately, in the reenactment, what we see is it just sort of looks like he just glances off the the car um a bit
2: yeah uh
1: i I, i'm assuming maybe they didn't uh, they couldn't quite replicate anything too serious but regardless in in the actual situation the robbers were able to get away
0: yeah well they were shooting up the Brink's truck. like there's this is pretty action-packed
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah.
0: he's getting shot at with what looks like a like a uh what do you call him a A gun yeah a gun (laughs) thanks (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I'm not a, I'm not really a, a firearms guy, um, like, and you know they have like a interesting, these four guys like one of them you know has like what a, a bandana over his face, mm-hmm. a couple more wear nylons. One guy is going around with sunglasses and what I felt like was maybe a toupee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
0: I think that I think later the the FBI describes one of them as wearing like a fake beard too. Yeah, 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 fake
1: beard. Uh they managed they managed despite being rammed, they managed to drive away. The their vehicles found a little bit later and it's presumed that they had another vehicle waiting for them. Be on the lookout for these guys yeah. cuz they haven't
0: been caught yet. Baby Robin.
1: I I guess maybe maybe between these three robberies, maybe they got all Maybe it's like in Trailer Park Boys, uh-huh. where they were doing, st- where they're trying to illegally acquire some money so that they could get the stuff they needed to grow marijuana, mm-hmm. so that they could just sell that instead of having to rob people. Mm-hmm. So, or as the, how was it that they put it to Bubbles? It was like, you know, sometimes you have to break the law a little bit so you can get the stuff you need, so you don't have to break the law anymore.
2: Yeah. You know why that plant's dead? Because a squirrel peed in it. That's why I need the cat. It protects my weed plants.
1: Yeah. So maybe they, they took all that money and they invested it in, in something. And they're, uh, they're still living off it to this day.
0: You know, I just the other night re-watched a movie that I recommend that is related to this. Uh, okay. It's called Hell or High Water. Hmm. And it is about a couple of brothers who are robbing, robbing a chain of banks in West Texas to raise the money to pay off the lien that's on their ranch.
1: Oh, interesting. It's
0: a, Hey, it's a really good movie. You guys should watch it.
1: And I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it's uh, 2016?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, Chris Pine. Um, who's the other guy? Ben uh, Wilson. I don't know. I don't know the other guy's name, but it's it's, a re- it's a real. It's a real great movie. It's a real great. like Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's real like slice of life. Very particular. It's very much a West Texas movie.
1: Oh, is is it nominated in tonight's? Academy Awards. No. Oh wait, it came yeah,
0: that's twenty sixteen. God, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: also, yeah, I guess you know what day we're recording this on, everybody. It's the day of the uh, twenty nineteen Academy Awards.
1: <laughs> the twenty nineteen Academy. Oh god. I...
0: I mean, should it have been nominated? Definitely, but I don't think it was.
1: No, no, I, I'm I'm seeing here. It was nominated. Uh, it was nominated for. Four Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor. Oh, was it? Jeff, yeah, Jeff oh, wow. Bridges. Well, it's a really best good movie. Best <laughs> Original Screenplay and Best Film Editing.
0: Yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah. So, if you're interested in um, in in folks who are doing a little bit of crime, so they don't have to do crime anymore, uh, it's definitely a good example of that. <laughs> so.
1: I like Jeff Bridges a lot. It's
0: you, Robbie. It's a great movie. It is a great movie, and it is it is. It's got one of my favorite, like, if I were going to be an actress. Okay. there This actress, Katie Mixon,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think she, uh, she was on Mike and Molly. She's been on Eastbound and Down. Um, she's She plays a diner waitress, and she doesn't have a lot of lines in this movie. But her performance, that character, makes me want to be an actress. She's not. She's not in it for very long, but she's a. She ends up being a pretty big plot point. Oh, um, there it is. and uh, yeah, just her. Her brand of, it's like the perfect, perfect warmth, but also, realism, and sassiness. Yeah. That you'd want from a diner waitress in West Texas.
1: <laughs> I I know that. Uh, Anytime I'm in West Texas, uh, I'm in the diner. I do expect a certain minimum level of sassiness.
0: Mm -hmm. As you should. Yeah. As you should. Uh, Okay. So this really is the end of the episode, right? Yes. Okay.
1: So if you've uh, enjoyed this uh, episode, feel free to send us an email saying so at reenactedpod at Mm gmail.com.
0: Or you can holler at us at reenactedpod on Twitter uh, Robbie has uh, got a Facebook page going. I'm not there. I'm sorry. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not there anymore.
1: Yeah, you went off Facebook. I went,
0: yeah, I've been... Got, you know how many times I've been tempted to check in the time that I've deleted my account? <laughs> uh,
1: in all honesty, I don't think you're missing much. Uh,
0: zero times have I been tempted to... I haven't even, you know, out of habit gone back and tried and, like, looked at anything. Even after I did it, I like, I went cold turkey, out. That doesn't mean you guys should like go hang out on her page. I don't know what's there, so. You know that's Robbie's wheelhouse. (laughs) I don't know what's going on on her Facebook page, but you know, feel free to start a discussion, or not. Um, Yeah, rate us on iTunes if you feel like it. If you feel like being mean, then don't. Yeah. Uh, Robin, did you have anything else you wanted to add?
2: Uh, um,
1: no.
0: Okay. Uh, do you want to do you want to do the thing?
1: Join us next week for another episode of Unsolved Mysteries.